Upgrade your ATV UTV today at superatv.com. Whether it's portals, axles, windshields, lift kits, power steering kits, or any of the other great products from Super ATV, they have you covered through the entire process. From design, manufacturing, testing, selling, shipping, and they're always there to support everything you need for your side-by-side. Go start your upgrade today at superatv.com. Well, welcome to another edition of the Destination Polaris podcast. I am your host, Jared Christie, and our podcast today brought to you by our friends at Rugged Radios. You guys know we use Rugged Radios on all of our shoots. They provide our communication. We talk vehicle to vehicle, and of course, we can stream our favorite music while we're out there riding. Uh, We use the comms everywhere, the desert rides, the mountain rides, you name it. Rugged Radios keeps us connected. We couldn't do our job without them, it makes it so much easier. Rugged Radios is based in Pismo Beach, California, actually a Royal Grande. They always like to correct me on that. And I thought there's a bunch of news going on right now in in Pismo Beach in relation to the dunes. So I thought I would bring Jim Sudi, president of the Friends of Oceana Dunes, on to join us today. Jim, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Jared. How you doing? Good, good, good. So for for most people who who you know are familiar with California, they might know where Pismo Beach is at, or they've been there before and visited. But Jim, kind of describe, give me the the lay of the land of, of Pismo Beach for folks who don't know. Sure. So if you were to look at a map of California and you look at Los Angeles to the south and San Francisco kind of to the north. The Pismo Beach area is directly in the middle, right on the coast. Beautiful area. Beautiful area. Beautiful area. And 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 Jim, describe the sort of the dunes because I've been to Pismo a handful of times, mostly through work, even though I grew up in California. Pismo is a little like you're describing. It's not the uh it's not that close to LA and it's not that close to San Francisco. It's it's kind of a, a bit of a trek to get there. But it, it's not just a um a, a beach dunes, I guess. So I'm saying it's not a regular beach area. Right. So the, the Oceano Dunes complex in that area in front of Pismo Beach is about 20 miles of coastline and it has over 18,000 acres of sand dunes. So it's one of the largest coastal sand dune complexes in the state of California. And the Oceano Dunes State Vehicle Recreation Area is a park that allows for camping and OHV recreation, beach driving, surfing, all the things that you think of when you think of the California coastline. It is, to me, Jim, not just all the things you mentioned, but the community itself is almost a throwback to another time. It, it really is. It, it is a, a fantastic area. I can see why, you know, Rugged Radio's built their compound in the Royal Grande. There's a great... Uh, you know, they have the Pismo Beach Car Show. They have uh, local car cruise nights, everything from tractor pulls to, you know, other kinds of sporting events that, that go on in the surrounding area. It's, uh, it's an old-time beach feel that has not been overdeveloped. Uh, and so it's still a lot of fun to go and visit and recreate. And no doubt. If you, want to, if you want to know what it was like in the 50s, 60s, 70s there, it still has that feel and vibe, doesn't it? It, it really does. 
Talk about the the OHV area. You mentioned the size of it. What kind of um, you know people often mention Glamis as as, as the number one dune location? Uh, what's the unique aspect of Pismo Beach? So Pismo Beach, um, the the official name the, for the recreation area is the Oceana Dunes, but Pismo is uh, you know what it's commonly referred to. It is the only beach in the entire state that you can drive your vehicle on. You can tow an RV out and camp in the sand for $10 a night. You know, a hotel in the surrounding area is probably $350, $400 a night. So you can camp on the beach for $10 a night and then recreate in the sand dunes and play. And, you know, over years, it was averaged about 2 million annual visitors, which does uh, uh, compete with the attendance down at the Imperial Sand Dunes. But the Imperial Sand Dunes has, you know, you know, a short season where at the Oceano Dunes, it's all year long. Oh, I did not know it was 10 bucks a night. If anybody takes anything out of this podcast, take that to the bank. (laughs) (laughs) But you have to make a reservation. It's, uh, it sells out quickly every weekend. I think it's sold out for probably the next six months. Yeah. How many spots are there for that? So we used to have a, a thousand camp spots on the beach and it's first come first serve. So there's no, no reserving a, a certain area. And that's been reduced down to about 250 due to, uh, you know, the constraints from COVID due to endangered species and due to some of the dust mitigations, all of which we have uh, current lawsuits to try to combat and return it back to what it was. And and then we're going to get to that because I wanted to first sort of, uh, give people who, who don't know about the area, you know, what it looks like, the things you can do there. And, um, you know, we're talking about the camping, but the, the OHV riding is phenomenal there. It's, it is a phenomenal area to go and recreate. The dunes are much smaller than a Glamis or Dumont in height, but you have a, a large variety of uh, dunes to play in. But you also got the opportunity to, you know, walk down and, you know, surf fish or surf or do whatever you want in the water. And there's a close community nearby where you can go shopping and and go see some of the sites, wine tasting, uh, whatever you want to do in the local area. It really uh, affords an opportunity to do a lot of different things in one central location. And like you were saying, it's the only place in California you can do that. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. So, but... But what's happened over the last couple of years is the, and you're going to tell me, Jim, because because I don't know nearly as much as you do, but the the writing and the ability to do some of the things has gotten smaller. That's correct. So so so, so explain to me sort of uh, sort of the challenges right now and what the Friends of Oceana Dunes is and what they're trying to do. It's a big question. <laughs> yeah, it's a big question. I, so, now I'm just going to so, put my feet up, Jim, and let you talk for half an hour. <laughs> Unfortunately, my wife probably said I'd be happy to do so after right? doing this for so long. <laughs> um, so if, if I can, at a very high level, the when my family grew up there in the 60s and playing in the dunes, we had 20 miles of coastline and 18,000 acres of sand dunes to play in. It made the center a Life magazine in 1971. Uh, estimated well over 100,000 people there in one weekend. It's numerous uh, racing events throughout the 60s, and it's even been claimed that the first dune buggy was developed out there. A lot of great history going back over 100 years. In 1982, state parks officially put in the park, 
and the park boundaries uh, required a coastal development permit from the California Coastal Commission. So the California Coastal Commission, the CCC, is a government body in the great state of California that regulates all kinds of things to protect uh, the coastline. It was sold to the taxpayers that they wanted to preserve the coastline for recreation. In the 1975 Coastal Act, it even identified Pismo Beach area for camping and OHV recreation and even recommended expanding the area to allow more use. So you fast forward from 1975 to what we've now morphed into at the Coastal Commission, it has become a very political, um, very liberal agenda to uh, remove any vehicles from the beach and dunes. So 1982, we went from that 20 miles of coastline and 18,000 acres to five miles of coastline in 1,500 acres, only 1,500 acres to camp and recreate. So a significant reduction was put in place. Then the Coastal Commission uh, in 2001 voted to close the park. And uh, I was in attendance uh, with my father at that. Uh, and we drove the 200 miles down to hear this meeting, the California Coast Commission, and then voting to close our beloved park. We decided we need to do something. And so we started Friends of Oceana Dunes. So we've been in business for 21 years. Um, they can find us at oceanodunes.org. And we are a 501c3 nonprofit, which means any tax donation is tax deductible. And zero, I need to repeat this, zero salaries are paid. We are a 100% volunteer organization. But we've been a powerhouse in the legal department to protect our continued camping and OHV recreation. You know, when any one of these battles, you have two real arms to fight a battle for land use. It's the political side and then it's the legal side. Well, those watching the the state of California that wants to outlaw the internal combustion engine and wants to, uh, has already outlawed, uh, you know, gasoline generators. They don't care about off-road recreation in the state of California, and they're working to undermine it. So that leaves us only the legal side to combat this challenge. So we uh, have a great lawyer, same lawyer we've had for 17 years, and so we. Friends of Oceana Dunes spend our time raising money to pay the lawyers and the lobbyists to fight to protect what we have and to try and regain what we have lost. So we are currently in 16 lawsuits. Most of those are defense. One lawsuit in particular is on offense, which is something I'm very proud of. We have filed what's called a quiet title implied dedication lawsuit, which if, if you're not familiar with that, it basically an implied dedication means that if a person, group, or entity has used a parcel of land for five years continuously, and the owner was not aware or was aware of the use, but didn't try to stop it or did not condone it, there is an implied dedication of use. So our lawsuit has identified 145 parcels of land where we have 
documented uh, camping at OHV Recreation prior to 1965. So our focus has been prior to 1965, and we have been interviewing uh, witnesses and collecting valuable historical information for that time period. And we are still looking for more witnesses that if you've recreated in the Oceano Dunes, Pismo Beach area prior to 1965, I want to talk to you. That lawsuit will go before the judge in March of 2023. In addition, um, last year, March of 2021, the California Coast Commission voted to close the park. We filed four lawsuits directly uh, tied to that decision. All four of those have been merged together with another lawsuit from another group. And that will be heard in October of this year. And what's critical about those lawsuits is it challenges the California Coastal Commission, the Coastal Act, the legislation that embodied the Coastal Act, with the same legislation that embodied the State Vehicle Recreation Act. So you got two state agencies, Coastal Commission and State Parks, that have basically equal jurisdiction for overseeing this property. And one is trying to trump the other. And our, one of our key lawsuits is to show that they do not have the authority to do that. So I know I've said a lot, Jared. There's a lot to discuss. Um, and if you have questions, I'd be happy to go into any detail that you like. Yeah, and we're going to run out of uh, tape <laughs> this particular <laughs> show. No, I, I, your, your passion, Jim, is obviously evident because – I think you mentioned it uh, when you start talking there is that um, you kind of grew up going there with your, right. your family. Um, why is this place so important to you and everyone who, who enjoys Pismo? Boy, that's a great question um, that we haven't really been able to, to put our uh, defining that because it is truly important to me, but also all those that I've met, you know, we've been doing this for, you know, next month will be 21 years. Right. I have met so many families that have a similar story to mine, that they grew up going to this, to this beach with their family. And it's so personal, the connection, the camaraderie. And I'm sure it's the same feeling for many families that might go to a certain place for hunting or fishing or what have you. For, for me personally, it's not only the, the destination that was so important, but it's all the weekends that go ahead of it. Uh, as, an, as an example, when you prepare during the weekend to um, you know, make your equipment faster, better, you're spending time in the garage with your family, you're, you're telling stories and then you have the event where you're at the location. So it is, it, it, it's, it's the full embodiment of the sport and the recreation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, my brother lives in Bakersfield and, uh, they, his their place to go, uh, on the weekends. I mean, it's, uh, what's hour and a half, something like that away. It's not two hours, something like that. You know, they're there for Thanksgiving all the time and, uh, right. you know, they'll hang out there for a week and camp and do all the RVing and everything that, that you mentioned. 
Jim, you guys have been fighting this for, for 20 years now. Um, obviously, it's a difficult fight. You know, um, what makes this such a, um, you mentioned you almost got, you know, 20 lawsuits going on. What makes right. this such a enormous challenge to keep this area open? So we are going up against, you know, many state agencies who are against us. When we are in the courtroom, why, let our, me jump, Jim. Let me jump in for a second. Why are they against you? What's what's what are they saying? That says is it the OHV uh, machines and people wreck the dunes, or is it an environmental thing? Is it uh, a, a, a creature or a, you know a, something like that? What is what is it that is the reason they're saying you guys can't uh, do what you do here? Right. So the the battleground at Oceano is is multifaceted. In other words, we've had to battle everything from light pollution, noise, endangered species, dust, um, uh, the congestion and traffic, as well as, you know, the trash and debris left over. And all those have been highlighted uh, from various regulatory agencies and very outspoken individuals. Unfortunately, it's just such a beautiful area it has been developed and been growing. So if you looked at aerial imagery around the park from 50 years ago to today, you'll see significant development that's been occurring. And so you have uh, people that have retired there from uh, the Bay Area up here in San Jose, San Francisco, Silicon Valley area, in the LA basin, and even some from the Central Valley that have retired around that area and, uh, and have been very outspoken in their views to try to uh, eliminate this. This is much like someone moving into the uh, area next to an airport or something else that's loud. You know, this is not in my backyard type mentality, and they want it gone. So we are in a courtroom. It's not uncommon for our attorney to be sitting across from 10 to 20 attorneys. We have video of this uh, on, uh, you know, where it's, it is occurring. So we have a huge battle between, you know, the lawyers from not only the the county, the Air Pollution Control District, the California Coastal Commission, state parks. There will be attorneys sometimes from Sierra Club, Center for Biological Diversity. You name it, they come out of the woodwork to fight this fight. It is personal to them, just like it is personal to us. And as you do the historical research, this battle has been going on for uh, decades. So if, if one thing I'd like to instill in, in your listeners, if you have an area that you love, you need to make sure that you are prepared to fight for it and protect it. And don't always trust the agreements that are made. I'll give an example. In 1975, a general plan for this area was developed. The environmental signed on and agreed to it. State parks, Coast Commission, everybody signed on to it. Now, you know, multi-decades later, they're trying to ignore previously agreed to plans and deals and trying to change and alter what they've done. So we, you have to be vigilant in protecting what is rightfully our areas to recreate. So I encourage all to... Uh, don't sit back and hope someone else is going to do it. You know, step up and do something. Get involved. 
join off-road organizations and other groups um, if you do not have the time. It's, it's just very important to get the industry helping us because to date, many in the larger industry are not helping as much as I believe they should. You know, you got great companies like Rugged Radios, you know, Greg and his entire team are behind us 100%. They, uh, they give back. I can't thank Greg and the team um, enough for all that they do. So, but we need more. Uh, we need more people to get involved to protect not only our beloved beach, the Oceano Dunes and the Pismo Beach area, but all the areas need to have a plan in place to protect them for continued off-road recreations for families and generations to go on. Jim, if you were to have a crystal ball or a magic wand and you could say, this is what I'd like to do and it would be perfect for everyone. You ever thought about that? What does that look like? So at the, yes, at the Oceano <laughs> Dunes area. <there laughs> You're is... like, yes, I've laid in bed many of nights. <laughs> <laughs> Eyes open and just like notepad by the nightstand. I'm like, no, I'm going to do this and do this. So if we got together with uh, the heads of state parks, oh, I would say about eight years ago, and we had a discussion just like this. It was at the dining room table at my parents' home. The head of state parks and their lawyers showed up, not knowing what to expect because we called them to the table. And we said, hey, if, if we had to lay the park out now, knowing what we know now, would we lay it out the same way or would we do it differently? And the answer is we'd probably do it differently. In other words, at the Oceano Dunes, the recreation area is very close proximity to the town. And when you look at other recreation areas, such as Glamis or Dumont, you know, they're, they're 50 miles from the nearest town. Well, we're, you know, within, you know, a few miles from towns. So if we could relocate and maybe do some trading of land, um, maybe if we could relocate the park to the south, we could uh, almost have a win-win situation. In other words, continued camping and OHV recreation could occur, but also the, um, the investment that's in place for the endangered species could occur uh, to the north uh, in the current park. And what people need to realize is there's a lot of misinformation that goes on and I've heard, you know, my children have been called plover killers or other things, but there's several endangered species on this beach. One is the Western snowy plover. One is the California leastern. And these are the two prominent ones. The off-highway vehicle dollars that are invested in those endangered species have allowed a significant growth in the population. But success in endangered species means you lose more land. So as you produce more, they need more land. So it's this, this downward spiral that as you increase the population of endangered species, they take more land away from you. Just adjacent, just to the south of the state vehicle recreation area is what's known as the Guadalupe Dunes National Wildlife Refuge. That refuge is a huge part of land that was set aside to help these endangered species, namely the snowy plover and the least tern. And they're failing. 
our tax dollars pay for this federally national wildlife refuge and it's failing because they have no money to do predator management, um, uh, get rid of the, uh, the, the European beach grass and the other non-native species that are there that have taken up residence. So imagine if we, if you will, do a land swap. Hey, we'll give you the current area and the endangered species program and give us, you know, maybe the land in the National Wildlife Refuge. How was that met? How was that uh, was that sort of idea or thought received? In many ways, it was uh, it was thought to be a good idea, but the political side of it. Remember, the the state of California does not the current state of California political environment does not condone off-highway vehicles. They do not want the internal combustion engine in the state of California. So they're not gonna go out of their way to help us find a common ground until we get a, a political shift. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a Republican versus Democrat because over the years, in my 20 plus years of doing this now, I've worked across the aisle with blue dog Democrats who supported what we've done. It's just when you get to the very liberal side of that party that it gets to be a problem. I've never, never in 20 years had to convince a conservative Republican why this is important. They've always been behind it. So the political environment needs to change both at the state and the federal level in order for something large like this uh, to occur. Jim, but, I've been uh, out to, to Pismo a number of times and, you know, the, like you were saying that the town and the dunes and the riding are all just adjacent to one another there. If somehow they removed the riding at the dunes, how would that affect the community, the economy? I personally believe it's going to devastate the town of Oceano and some of the surrounding communities. And, and our opponents will often point to Pismo Beach. And they'll say, hey, Pismo Beach got rid of cars on their beach, you know, 30, 40 years ago, and their population has grown. But likewise, we can point to the town of Guadalupe just to the south. The town of Guadalupe was promised that they'd close the dunes and ecotourism would come in there and the town would just explode with the, the funding from all the ecotourism. Ecotourism did not happen. The town of Guadalupe has not grown. The town of Pismo has grown because it's in a very close proximity to the highway. It's an easy drop off the highway, uh, see the sights halfway located between Los Angeles and San Francisco. To the town of Oceano, they have no attraction. If you remove the vehicles from the beach, they don't have um, huge attractions that's gonna bring the tourists to them. People say, well, they'll, they'll come to see the beach and they'll lay on the beach. For those familiar with this area, it's a very, usually cold and windy beach. It, it, it is. It is. I mean, the weather's, the weather's fairly consistent there, but it's not the warmest place, I would say, all the time. 
Right. So yeah. it's not the beach you're going to go sunbathe and lay out on. Right. It has always been known as a beach to recreate on. I will, I will tell you this, though, Jim, right now uh, here in Minnesota, um, well, today it's 50 degrees and about to start pouring rain all afternoon. And then we don't have a uh, day above 40 <laughs> for like the next <laughs> week. So the beach has got me uh, thinking about travel plans and going places. And, and uh, you know, the beach is often associated with summer. And that means uh, like summer vacations and stuff like that. And I know there's not a Polaris Adventures location right there where you can sort of rent vehicles to ride. But uh, um, it's got me thinking about, uh, you know, them. And and uh, if it's one of those things you're looking at doing this summer and you can't make it to Pismo, check uh, in with our friends at Polaris Adventures and look to think about creating your next sort of off-road adventure because they got places from Maui to Maine and all over the country and and get on that now and start thinking about your summer plans. And I know you mentioned, you know, Rugged before and and good friends of ours that are good friends of theirs is Assault Industries. And uh, they're also based in California and they've done a lot of riding up there. And, uh, you know, it's... Um, I know this is the time of year where, where the dune season and, and Glamis is almost ending, but like you said, the dune season keeps you around. And uh, if you're looking to uh, do some stuff with, and I know you got a razor gem, and if you're looking to do some modifications or additions and change up, our friends at Assault have all sorts of fun and exciting accessories to put on your vehicle. Now, I saw a picture of you in with the razor the other day. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. What do you have? I currently have a, uh, a 2016 Turbo Razor that uh, you know I've done a bunch of modifications to and en- enjoy it for uh, recreating and enjoying the trails. I've also been uh, into sand drag racing throughout the years, and so I usually have uh, something a little faster to go down the, the track. But it's a lot of fun. I enjoy. Um, we we the friends of Oceana, friends of Oceano Dunes gave away a Polaris General last year that uh, rugged radios and assault industries and and all these great companies came together to donate product for that was and part that was, of the show that was part of the show that was part of the show yes how much money did did you guys end up raising from that it was a project x build that we did with rugged and uh, we had a lot of partners and the the general is a great platform for something like that and i saw you guys and that build out at the sand sports super show last fall Right. Um, and then, so how much money? I, you, uh, I don't want to guess. So go ahead and tell me. It's $91,000 was raised from that Polaris general. And it was great as great marketing tool for us to tell people more about us, the issues that are going on. We, you're right. We had it at the Sandsport super show. Uh, we were in the booth with uh, rugged radios, just a, a great set of uh, people came together, whether it's uh, assault industries and, um, I can't even, uh, Walker Evans and BF Goodrich and the list goes on. A lot of great people came to, together to, to, uh, donate products. And then the, the great team at Rugged Radios assembled this beautiful general that we, uh, gave away. And, uh, I, I tell you, I wish I could have bought it. It was just an awesome, <laughs> uh, general fully outdated, uh, with the best of the best equipment. Uh, you know, I think it would have just done fabulous in all the trails absolutely absolutely and that was one way for people to get involved but i imagine for you guys there's other ways 
There are other ways. We are constantly uh, working to raise funds uh, to pay the bills. Our legal bills are roughly 30000 a month. So, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a constant battle. Constant the same cost beat. of filling up your gas tank in California right now. <laughs> yeah, just about these just days. About. So we, uh, we do numerous fundraisers throughout the years. Uh, we have several giveaway products. You know, the Players General, we gave away a, a beautiful ATC 70 not long ago, and we're currently giving away a, uh, uh, an RV, a Genesis RV that was donated by uh, Epic RV Liquidators. So we've teamed up with several uh, areas, uh, several companies in the areas like Epic RV and Clawson Motorsports who, and Rugged Radios who have just been phenomenal in supporting us. We do large barbecue fundraiser events. We seat anywhere from three to 500 people uh, several times throughout the year in different locations. Those are big fundraisers for us. And uh, we've been uh, blessed by you know people who continue to donate and, uh, to us in our fight, but yet we don't get the large industry support that we would love to get. So uh, if you're listening, we would love to get your support. We are a 501c3 tax-deductible corporation. Zero. Zero salaries are paid. 100% of the donations go to the fight. So if, you have, uh, if you're a business and you have product you want to donate to us, it helps promote you. We raffle it off uh, at one of our events. We raise money. It's kind of a win-win. And we'd love to hear from you. It's it's one of those things, Jim. I, you know, we've talked a lot about it since the the beginning of this episode. You got to go down there and experience it. You got to go down there and see what Pismo is all about and Aurora Grande and just see what the community is and, and spend a weekend camping or ride the dunes. And, and just that's, is really the best way to sort of understand what that place is all about. Cause we filmed in Baja a, um, earlier this year and there was a stretch of beach that we ran wide open for 45 miles and yeah i know right i mean just hardly saw a soul and it's different right it's baja it's mexico you can sort of that's why people go down there and you can do those things but pismo used to be that place and it still is a little bit and you guys are trying your best to to keep uh keep it that way that's correct we're, we're working tirelessly to keep, uh, keep it open and to expand the area wherever possible. We, uh, we, we need help, constant help to uh, ensure our success. And uh, we, we can't thank people like you enough for bringing this to the forefront and working with uh, all the, the great people in the industry that we've met over the years. And, so what's and your big it. next uh, event down in that area? What's something that people could show up this year? I'm sure you can go on to the Friends of Oceana Dunes website, and you guys got a calendar on there. But what's what's something that you could let people know that, hey, if you're in the area, you're making a weekend plans, come check this out. Right. So we, uh, in fact, I just had a board meeting uh, last night as we're planning out uh, our calendar uh, events. We just two weekends ago had a large barbecue fundraiser. So we got over that hurdle. And so now we're planning the next one. And, uh, you know, we got Sand Sports Super Show coming up. Uh, but we're also looking at doing some poker runs, uh, some cleanup days, and a few other fundraiser ideas that uh, some new ideas we're looking to bring to the forefront in the local area. Um, so the best way to stay in touch 
is to watch not only our website at oceanodunes.org, but more importantly, join our Facebook page because that's uh, in our Instagram page, because that's where we give the most current and updated information. Facebook is, uh, is active um, almost daily, if not weekly, with uh, updates, not only news articles, uh, videos from me or other board members on things that are going on and, and publications. We give uh, quite a few different updates in different ways on the legal battles as well as activities and planned events. Awesome, awesome. I know you mentioned our Project X build, Jim, and I know one of our partners in that build was Full Throttle Batteries. And uh, if you're looking to do some uh, accessorize your vehicle, uh, Full Throttle uh, has built these awesome batteries that are powerful enough to handle all the extra audio lighting, you name it. So you're souping up your machine a little bit with some extra power to ride the dunes, have that full throttle battery uh, from the professional racers to the weekend warriors like you, Jim. Full throttle is your battery of choice. We've also got Rockford Fosgate as a partner. Um, and of course, being around the beach and you're hanging out there and when we've done rides there and stopped and hung out, uh, you got to play the tunes and, and, Rugged's got you, or excuse me, Rockford's got you covered with uh, all their audio systems from your stage five to your stage six. Front speakers, back seekers, uh, subwoofers, everything Rockford has you covered. Uh, a couple other ones that I uh, want to mention real quick that we work with and we got some upcoming things that we'll be working with is, is Quad Boss. They've been around for every ever uh here in minnesota it feels like winter still unfortunately this is the longest uh non-spring of all time <laughs> but uh they do all sorts of stuff that comes in handy with your snow plow they make dependable parts whether you're a rider rancher farmer hunter uh, it makes your work feel like play dependable parts and accessories quad boss has them for everything that you need uh Jim, when's the next time that you are going to be down in the Pismo Beach area? So I was just there uh, Thursday and Friday. We are constantly interviewing and uh, uh, witnesses for our ongoing litigation. I'm actively in discussions with local businesses and politicians. So my next trip probably going to be uh, in a week. Um, and uh, so People can look me up. They're free to reach out to me. Um, love to talk to anybody and everybody about this uh, this great beach that many of us love so dearly, and we want to keep open. Last inside tip, Jim, where's the best place to have lunch? Ooh, depends on what you like. There's a lot of great spots down there for uh, – uh, there's uh, everything from uh, – Pier Street Deli to uh, right there on Pier Avenue. It has great food. Old Juan's Cantina, uh, the Station Grill, uh, Chacho's Mexican Restaurant. Great food in the area. And if you're into seafood, there's there's some fresh seafood in the nearby area. There's just a, a wide variety of, of, of just great things to do, eat, drink, see, and do in that beautiful area. Awesome, awesome. Well, Jim... I appreciate your time, appreciate the insight and the up-to-date information on what's going on there at Pismo. I wish you guys the the best of luck. It, it sounds like you'll be at this for a while. It's not going to go away anytime soon. Jared, thank you very much. Uh, thank you to you and your listeners. We love the uh, Destination Polaris and uh, look forward to uh, hopefully coming back and telling you about some huge victories 
in uh, protecting this beautiful beach. Absolutely, absolutely. We will catch up with you again, uh, Jim, and always keep us up to date on what's going on. Guys, thanks everyone for, for tuning in today to our podcast. Be sure to like us and download us as to wherever you might listen to your favorite podcast and join us again next time as we will be talking racing. It is racing season and uh, we've got lots of updates on what's going on in the racing world. Jim, uh, enjoy the rest of your week and we will talk to you again soon, sir. Great. Thank you. God bless you guys. Upgrade your ATV UTV today at superatv.com. Whether it's portals, axles, windshields, lift kits, power steering kits, or any of the other great products from Super ATV, they have you covered through the entire process. From design, manufacturing, testing, selling, shipping, and they're always there to support everything you need for your side-by-side. Go start your upgrade today at superatv.com.